Into the Woods premiered on Broadway in 1987. The through line is that a witch has put a curse on a baker and his wife, leaving them unable to have a child. And their quest to lift the curse leads them not only into a nearby enchanted forest, but also into the plot of several different fairy tales, including Cinderella, Jack and the Beanstalk, Little Red Riding Hood, and Rapunzel. And if you know your fairy tales, you know that this couple is not the only one with a wish that their life might be different. And so our story begins with a wish. Once upon a time, in a far-off kingdom, there lay a small village at the edge of the woods. And in this village lived a young maiden. A carefree young lad. I wish more than life. And a childless baker. I wish. And his wife. More than anything. More than the moon. I wish. The king is giving a festival. More than life. I wish. I wish to go to the festival. More than riches. I wish we had a child. I want a child. I wish we might have a child. I wish. Into the woods it's time to go. I hate to leave. I have to though. Into the woods it's time and so I must begin my journey. Into the woods and through the trees to where I am expected, ma'am. Into the woods to Grandmother's house. Into the woods to Grandmother's house. Are you certain of your way? The way is clear. The light is good. I have no fear, nor no one should. The woods are just trees. The trees are just wood. I sort of fake to ask it, but do you have a basket? Yes, we do. I don't suppose you're planning to pay for any of this, are you? Oh, shh. Now don't stray and be late, all right? You might save some of these sweets for Granny. Into the woods and down the dell, the path is straight, I know it well. Into the woods and you can tell we're foraging on the journey. Into the woods to bring some bread to Granny, who is sick in bed. Never can tell what lies ahead, for all that I know, she's already dead. But into the woods, into the woods, into the woods, to Grandmother's house and home before dark. Because the baker had lost his mother and father in a baking accident, well, at least that's what he believed, he was eager to have a family of his own and was concerned that all efforts until now had failed. Who can that be? We've sold our last loaf of bread. It's the witch from next door. We have no more bread. Of course you have no bread. What do you want? It's not what I wish. It's what you wish. Nothing cooking in there now, is there? The old enchantress went on to tell the couple that she had placed a spell on their house. What spell? In the past, when you were no more than a babe, your father brought his young wife and you to this cottage. They were a handsome couple, but not handsome neighbors. You see, your mother was with child, and she had developed an unusual appetite. She took one look at my beautiful garden and told your father that what she wanted more than anything in the world was greens. Greens, and nothing but greens. Parsley, peppers, cabbages, and celery, asparagus, and watercress, and fennel, and lettuce. I said, all right, but it wasn't, right? Because I caught him in the autumn in my garden one night. He was robbing me, breaking me, rooting through my rutabagas, reading my arugulas, and ripping up the rampion, my champion, my favorite. I should have laid a spell on him right there. I could have turned him into stone, 
When the witch refused to tell him any more of his sister, not even that her name was Rapunzel, she went on. I thought I had been more than reasonable. I thought that we could live happily thereafter. But how was I to know what your father had hidden in his pockets? You see, when I inherited this cottage, my mother warned me that I would be punished if I were ever to lose any of the beans. Beans? The magic beans. I let him go. I didn't know he'd stolen my beans. I was watching him crawl back over the wall when bang, flash, the lightning flashed. And, well, that's another story. Never mind. Anyway, at last the big day came and I made my claim. Don't take away the baby, they shrieked and screeched. But I did, and I hit her where she'll never be in reach. Your father cried and your mother died in correct measure. I said, sorry, I'm still not qualified. And I laid a little spell on them. You too, son. That your family tree would always be a barren one. <laughs> so there's no more fuss and there's no more seeds. If my gardens thrive, you should see my next greens. And I'm telling you the same I tell kings and queens. Don't never ever Meanwhile, the witch, for purposes of her own, explained how the baker might lift the spell. You wish to have the curse reversed? I'll need a certain potion first. Go to the woods and bring me back. One. The cow is white as milk. Two. The cape is red as blood. Three. The hair is yellow as corn. Four. The slipper is pure as gold. Bring me these before the chime of midnight. But don't see hundred years. Bring them, and I guarantee a child is perfect as child can be. Go to the woods. Into the woods, it's time to go. It may be all in 
sell the cow. To get the money to go to the festival. Into the woods to grandmother's house. Into the woods to grandmother's house. The way And we can begin to glimpse some of why these seemingly simple stories have endured for centuries across many cultures. And while it is true that most fairy tales are relatively flat stories, one-dimensional, abstract, and sparse, therein actually lies their power. For like the dreams we have each night, fairy tales, they're disjointed, they're brilliantly colored, they overlook rational cause and effect, they stage outlandish scenes of sex and violence, they make abrupt transitions without rhyme or reason, and they also contain significant repetitions and recurrent symbols. And so like dreams, fairy tales tend to resonate with us on the unconscious archetypal level. It turns out the woods are not just woods. The trees are not just trees. And the forest represents the liminal, risky places of transformation that are characters that we must pass through if there's any hope of our wishes coming true. In some cultures, another name for fairy tales are wonder tales. And by opening our imaginations to how it was once upon a time in a far-off land, we're invited to wonder about what all might be possible here and now that we have not yet considered. Are these ordinary beings good at best only for eating? Is this stranger a con man selling me snake oil or trying to? Sometimes that's the case. Or maybe, despite a given con man's devious intentions, it may turn out that those beings, after all, maybe they're magic. Well, we purchased the cow from that young lad for the beans we found in Father's hunting jacket. But did you have to tell them they were magic beans? Were we to dispel this curse through deceit? No one would have given him more for this creature. If you know what you want, then you go and you find it and you get it. Do we want a child or not? And you give and you take and you bid and you bargain or you live to regret it. There are rights and wrongs and in-betweens. No one waits when fortune intervenes. And maybe they're really magic. Who knows? Why you do what you do, that's the point. All the rest of it is chatter. Look at her, she's crying. If the thing you do is pure and intent, if it's meant but it's just a little bent, does it matter? Yes. No, what matters is when everyone tells tiny lies, what's important really is the size. Only three more tries and we'll have our prize. When the end's in sight, you'll realize if the end is right, it justifies the beast. So far, all the characters we've met have negotiated, argued, and otherwise sought to advance their cause. But what if you don't have anybody to talk to because a witch has kidnapped you and locked you in a tower for your entire, entire life? Well, perhaps you'd find yourself like poor Rapunzel, spending an awful lot of time singing idly to yourself. 
As you may recall, the witch tasked the baker and his wife with collecting four special items that the curse might be lifted. To get these items for them or to complete your quest, whatever it is, what would you be willing to do to get your wish granted? Would you steal a beloved cape from an innocent girl that her grandmother had made for her? If you know what you want, then what would you do to get it? The cape is red If you know what you need, then you go and you find it and you take it. Do I want a child or not? It's a cloak, it's a cloak, it's a joke, it's a stupid little cloak. And a cloak is what you make it, so you take it. Things are only what you need them for. What's important is who needs them more. Fairy tales have been around a long time, and most influential collections, both in general and for this musical, are Charles Perrault's Tales of Olden Times from the late 17th century and the Grimm Brothers' Children and Household Tales from the first half of the 19th century. Over the years, these tales have not only been retold countless times, but interpreted in many different ways. I'll have time to share with you this morning only a few of these interpretations, but if you're curious to go deeper, a quite accessible book that's a good place to start is called Once Upon a Time, of course it is, right? A Short History of Fairy Tales. It's Oxford University Press, Marina Warner, a literature professor who specializes in mythology. But to start with Jack and a beanstalk. One theory of why this story is so enduring is that it plays in a way with the the fact that from a child's perspective, think about it, adults kind of are gigantic. And as a young child, hypothetically speaking, let's say you once angered your parents. I know that was probably not true for most of you, but, you know, say you traded your family's only cow for what seemed like a handful of mere beans. You can imagine how in a child's imagination, one's previously loving parent might suddenly seem to have become a big, tall, terrible giant in the sky. There are giants in the sky. There are big, tall, terrible giants in the sky. When you're way up high and you look below at the world you left and the things you know, little more than a glance is enough to show you just how small you are. When you're way up high and you're on your own in a world like none that you've ever known, where the sky is lead and the earth is stone, you're free to do whatever pleases you, exploring things you never dare, cause you don't care when suddenly there's a big, tall, terrible giant at the door. A big, tall, terrible lady giant sweeping the floor. And she gives you And she draws you close to her giant breast And you know things now that you never knew before Not till the sky Only just when you've made a friend and all And you know she's big but you don't feel small Someone bigger than her comes along the hall To swallow you for lunch And your heart is lead and your stomach's stone And you're really scared being all alone and it's then that you long for the things you know and the world you left and the little you own. The fun is done. You steal what you can and run. And you scramble down and you look below. The world you know begins to grow. The roof, the house, and your mother at the door. The roof, the house, and the world you 
There are giants in the sky. There are big, tall, terrible, awesome, scary, wonderful giants in the sky. <laughs> now, because we're only presenting an excerpt from the full Broadway show, we had to leave quite a bit on the editing room floor, and one of the best lines we have to cut is from Cinderella's Prince. There is also Rapunzel's Prince. Uh, uh, when accused of being a cad, he, he retorts, well, you know, I was raised to be charming, not sincere. <laughs> So in that spirit, I invite you to hear the narcissism that is only possible when watching two princes in the dueling um, love-struck agony. Did I abuse her or show her disdain? Why does she run from me? If I should lose her, how shall I regain? The heart that she won from me. Agony beyond power of speech. When the one thing you want is the only thing out of your reach. Lying in the tower, she sits by the hour, maintaining her hair. Life and becoming and Frequently humming, light-hearted air. Ah, 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 ah. Agony far more painful than yours. When you know she would go with you if there only were doors. Agony, all the torture they teach. What's as intriguing or half so fatiguing as what's out of reach? Am I not sensitive, clever, well-mannered, considerate, passionate, charming, as kind as I'm hustled and to a throne? You are everything maidens could wish for. Then why no? Why no? The girl must be mad. You know nothing of madness. Till you're climbing her hair and you see her up there and you're nearing her all the while hearing her ah, 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 agony. Whoa, it's different for each. Always ten steps behind. Always ten feet below. And she's just out of reach. Agony. In various seasons of your life, you may find yourself lost in the proverbial woods. In such times, one temptation can be to try to find your way through the woods on your own. And in our tale, the baker tries to complete all four of the witch's tasks by himself. And in failing repeatedly, he is finally able to admit that he needs help and that sometimes it takes two. 
changed. You're daring. You're different in the woods. More sure, more sharing. You're getting us through the woods. If you could see, you're not the man who started, and much more open-hearted than I knew you to be. It takes two. I thought one was enough. It's not true. It takes two of us. You came through. When the journey was rough, it took you. It takes two of us. It takes care. It takes patience and fear and despair to change. Though you swear to change, you can tell if you do. It takes two. You've changed. You're thriving. There's something about the wood. Not just surviving, you're blossoming in the woods. At home, I fear, we'd stay the same forever. But then out here, you're passionate, charming, considerate, clever. one to begin, but then once you've begun, it takes two of you. It's no fun. To, but what needs to be done, you can do. If there's two of you, if I dare, it's because I'm becoming aware of us as a pair of us, each expecting a share of what's there. We've changed. We're strangers. I'm meeting you in the woods. Who minds what dangers? I know we'll get past the woods. And once we're past, let's hope the changes last. Beyond woods, beyond witches and slippers and hoods, just the two of us beyond lies. Safe at home with our beautiful prize. Just a few of us. It takes trust. It takes just a bit more, and we're done. We want four. We had none. We've got three. We need one. It takes two. Most of our characters are journeying from their normal lives into the woods, but the Rapunzel story flips the script. This long-haired damsel, her normal, the woods, are all she's ever known. So for her, the temptation is to not and try to find your way through the woods on your own. Rather, the witch tries to bully Rapunzel into a different temptation, hiding from the world. She insists, you don't need friends your own age, just stay with me.
You can see the deep roots of the Cinderella story in the first syllable of her name, Cinder, as in the ashes left behind after a fire. And she wished for a prince, and having come face to face with that reality at a royal ball, she must now wrestle with her self-doubt and discern if she, the one who has spent so much time cleaning up cinder, dirt, and ashes, does she feel worthy of love, especially the love of a prince? Now, it turns out that princes aren't always all that great, but she doesn't know that yet as she hesitates and lingers on the steps of the palace. It came to pass that all that seemed wrong was now right. The kingdoms were filled with joy, and those who deserved to were certain to live a long and happy life ever after. Ever after. Turning over, all is mended, and it's not just for today, but tomorrow, and it's ended ever after. All the curses have been ended, the reverse is wiped away, all is tenderness and laughter forever after. Happy now and happiness and happy ever after. 
there were dangers and confusions, and the past would often swerve. There was constant disillusions, but they never lost their nerve, and they reached the right conclusions, and they got what they deserve. Many, though not all, fairy tales end with the characters living happily ever after, allegedly. Some criticize this trope as just childful, childish wishful thinking. Others view it as sowing in our young the seeds of heroic optimism, no matter what adversities may come. Accordingly, Sondheim does end Act One with the traditional happily ever after. But he knows also that as long as we are alive, that is not actually the end of the story. And so our second act begins with what happens after happily ever after. the woods it's always when you think at last you're through and then into the woods you go again to take another journey into the woods the weather's clear we've been before we've not to fear into the woods away from here into the woods to find a giant Into the woods, the path is straight, no reason then to hesitate. Into the woods, it's not too late, it's just another journey. Into the woods, but not too long, the skies are strange, the winds are strong. Into the woods to see what's wrong. Into the woods to slay the giant. Into the woods to shield the child. To play the winds. To find a future. To shield to fix, to hide, to battle, to see what the trouble is. And so on the other side of Happily Ever After, we find the witch wrestling with the impact she has had on Rapunzel, the baker's sister whom she kidnapped and raised locked in a tower. Earlier, we saw her rebuke Rapunzel, saying, children won't listen. 
Now she's realizing somewhat to her horror that Rapunzel has been listening all along to all the things she's been saying. She's coming to realize that regarding all the things parents say, for better or worse, children will listen. So it turns out that the mysterious man who pops up from time to time in this musical is the baker's father, the one who stole from the witch's garden, causing the curse and launching this whole cycle of events in the first place. So this song is about wrestling with both the impact of parenting and of being parented and coming to see that sometimes forgiveness means restoring the relationship. Other times forgiveness can mean releasing the relationship. Sometimes it means saying no more. I thought you were dead. Not completely. Are we ever? As far as I'm concerned, you are. Is that true? It's because of you that all of this has happened. Son, I strayed into the garden to get your mother a gift. While I was there, I thoughtlessly took some beans for myself. Who would know? How do we ever know? After she died, I ran away from my guilt. 
Aren't you doing the same? No. Aren't you running away? No more questions, please. No more tests. Comes the day you say what for, please. No more. We disappoint, we disappear, we die, but we don't. What? They disappoint and turn, I fear, or give though they won't. No more riddles. No more jests. No more curses you can't undo. Left by fathers you never knew. No more quests. No more feelings. Time to shut the door. Just no more. Running away, let's do it. Free from the ties that binds. No more despair, on no burdens to bear out there in the yonder. Running away, go to it. Where would you have to go? Better take care, unless as aware you'll only be wandering blind. Just four questions, different kinds. Where are we to go? Sit around, resign. Trouble is on. The farther you run, the more you feel undefined. More what you have left undone, and more what you've left behind. We disappoint, we make a mess, we die, but we don't. Disappoint and turn, I guess, forget though we won't. Like father, like son. No more giants waging war. Can't we just pursue our lives with our children and our wives till that happy day arrives? How do you ignore all the witches, all the curses, all the woes, all the lies, the false hopes, the goodbyes, the reverses? All the wondering, but even worse, is still in store. All the children, all the giants, no At some point, childhood ends, and part of growing up means that we'll sometimes find ourselves lost in the woods. Sometimes we will feel alone. But even when we cannot feel it, the deeper truth is that we human beings are always already deeply connected. No one is an island. No one is alone.
Our journey into the woods has been an invitation to reflect on the ways that what is possible in this life is sometimes greater than we imagine at a given moment. On the surface, fairy tales can appear to be just for children, but these tales of wonder can also resonate with us throughout our lives on a deeper level. And whether we are in or out of the woods in a given season of our lives, these ancient archetypal folk tales challenge us to explore truths that are as valid today as they ever were once upon a time. Though it's fearful, though it's deep, though it's dark and may you may lose, the path for you may encounter wolves, though it's deep, you can't just see, you have to fear, you can't just fear, you have to fear. There are always wolves, there are always spells, there are always fiends or a giant crows. There's no into the woods to go. Again, you have to every now and then. Into the woods, no telling when. Be ready for the journey. Into the woods, but not too fast. Or what you wish you lose at last. Into the woods, but mind the past. Into the woods, but mind the future. Into the woods, but not too straight. Protect the wolf, was you from the giant away.
Thank you all so much. Uh, thank you, Deb and Nick, and all of you for, take, for taking on sign time, for rocking sign time this morning. Uh, it's really an honor to do. And for all of you, as you go uh, into this day and in the week to come, whether you're in the woods or out of the woods in this season of your life, may you continue your journey with love. Care for one another, care for this one earth, do justice and make peace. As you go, whatever taste or touch touch of hope, love, peace or joy, whatever insight or aha moment you've had in this time and place, that goes with you out into the world. We're different for having spent this time together. May you live boldly and with thanksgiving.